Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre of 1921. So from May 31st to June 1st of 1921, a white mob attacked residents' homes and businesses in the predominantly black Greenwood neighborhood of Tulsa, Oklahoma. The event remains one of the worst incidents of racial violence in U.S. history and for a period remained one of the least known. News reports were largely uh, squelched despite the fact that hundreds of people were killed and thousands left homeless. Now this incident started all over a young man who supposedly touched a white woman. His name was Dick Rowland. He got on the elevator and the elevator operator, I think her name was Sarah Page, screamed. The young man fled the scene. The police were called and uh, he was arrested the next day. That was on May 30th. So he's at the police station. There's a mob gathering there of white people who want him brought out, the sheriff to bring him out so that they can lynch him, so that they can string him up, so on and so forth. Here's the problem. Whatever Sarah Page was saying may not even have happened. Maybe he bumped her in the elevator, touched her by mistake. He wasn't trying to do anything to her. But being that she was a white female with a certain perception of black males, and he was on that elevator. You know, it happens today to, to black men all over America. You get on the elevator, the woman tightens her purse up against her, against her body. They look at you in a strange way, wait until they can get off the elevator. And it's, it's a tense moment. I can tell you, being on the elevator with white women sometimes some it just depends on the type of the person on the elevator because some of them be so nice you know most you know some people can be very nice on the elevator but there are those you get on the elevator and you can tell so both of you are in a tense moment you're like i hope they get off first just get off so this can be over with i just don't want anything to happen you're on that elevator same situation here except it explodes Rollins gets arrested. Once he gets arrested, of course, news spreads around town. Rollins is in jail. This black man's in jail. He don't touch the white woman. So the black, so the white men come down to the sheriff's office and demand that they release this man into their custody so they can lynch him. So they can string him up. He does not deserve he does not deserve a court appearance or any of those things. They're going to be judged during execution right there on the spot. That's how it works for black men in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921. You do not have the right to due process according to the citizens. Now, the sheriff's office, on the other hand, felt a different way about it. So they barricaded themselves in and kept the young man from being killed. So the black people back in uh, Greenwood hear about this. And you gotta remember, this is 1921. Black men have already served in World War One. They've gone overseas, they fought against the Germans. So they fought against other white people. And they've proven their valor and their, their strength and their aggressiveness. So when they come home, they're in the mood of ain't taking this shit no more, right? So about a group of about 25 black males come down to the police station and said, we're here to help you guard this man. 
so that they can't hurt him. Of course, the sheriff was like, no, buddy, this ain't a good idea, and sends him away. So then the mob comes back. Well, first of all, they storm a National Guard bar or barracks, I guess, to get weapons and things like that. They storm the place and break it down, tear it down, and get and try to get weapons. They fail. But that mob comes back with weapons to the police sheriff's office. So the same 75, so here comes 75 black men saying, hey, we're here to protect this man. And the incident happens in front of the sheriff's office where shots are fired, of course. The angry white mob against the black people who are there to protect their own. So then they go back to their neighborhoods. You know, the black people go back to their neighborhood because they're outnumbered, it's like 1,200 by this point of white people next thing you know the white people are starting to go into the neighborhood you know there's incidents of shootings on both sides because the black people are trying to protect their home from these white angry mobs that are coming to burn their town down burn their homes down and destroy everything and in the process some of these folks actually get deputized and they become part of this mob that's destroying this black neighborhood they fear black men with guns fearing black men protecting their neighborhoods so things are getting burned down worst part of it is the National Guard sends in planes to bomb Greenwood in the end they say this is what they said 39 people died on both sides when in actuality there's more like 300 mostly white, black men who died and up to 2,000 people were homeless. And 1,200 black men were put in jail. 1,200 black men. Not one white man was put in jail. Not for the people he killed. Women, children. They were not put in jail. At all. See, these black men were standing up protecting their homes. They were protecting Dick Raleigh's constitutional rights. That these white men did not want him to have. January 6th. White men stormed the Capitol. Some two or three black people that were there don't, don't even matter because they're upset about a con a, an election, a democratically elected president who they say is illegitimate based upon false pretenses by another president who lost the election and whose ego could not be properly stroked. Right? That's the basis for that. So we have here what we call white fear. Armed black men are a white fear. Just like you hear Tucker Carlson talk about uh, what he calls uh, the replacement theory. You know, he gets on there talking about the Democrats are trying to replace you with, with immigrants and black and brown people. Your neighborhoods are demographically changing and there's something wrong with that, right? He gets on there and talk about that. So he puts all this fear in you. So folks like you, not you, but folks like us, they're supposed to be Americans, stormed the Capitol in fear of all this change. They're not, you know, you had, um, <clears throat> what was it, a few years ago up there in Virginia where you had the people protesting saying they will not replace us. Those are white supremacists, by the way. You had them doing that, right? So here we are in Tulsa in 1921 where when white supremacy and, and um, you know, uh, 
uh, racism all mixed together in one place. They feared that this was a black revolt. So they bombed the place. They deputized white people. They burned homes, killed 300 some people, jailed black men, made black men homeless. So what was the result of that? Well, black people there, they rebuilt their homes. A lot of the businesses didn't recover. For one thing, since this was considered a riot or labeled a riot, the insurance companies would not pay for it. Because in, in their eyes, the owners of those places, it was their fault. Therefore, this is not a... Um, you, can, you can't use your insurance. So a lot of businesses didn't reopen. Black Wall Street was never Black Wall Street again. That neighborhood was so-so and after years and years that neighborhood sort of deteriorated they tried to maintain as much as they could but it, it deteriorated over the years black wealth had fallen out of the place um, of course a lot of people had to undersell the banks to white banks to get out of uh, the loans they were in for their homes and businesses here we are in 2021 if you go to that particular area it is being gentrified if you know what gentrification is, is where they come in and they build better homes, uh, higher pay. I mean, higher rents and higher uh, mortgages because the area becomes so valued that the only people that can move in it are rich, middle-class white folks. Some, some black people, not many, that move into these areas. And basically, the black people that are in the area are priced out. And the sad part about this is this is a direct result of the Tulsa Race Massacre. So, you know, we always get into this uh, cost-benefit analysis. The cost of black people was their businesses, their homes, and their lives. The cost to white people was that Rollins was freed from jail because there was no real charges that the sheriff could charge him with because there wasn't really a crime. But he would have got, if that mob had got in there, he would have got hung. An innocent black man would have gotten hung because a white girl feared being touched by a black man. And as far as benefit analysis, white people benefited greatly from it. Now they've got this property that they can in. 2021 they can gentrify and build all these big apartment buildings restaurants and shops for themselves in a black neighborhood that they destroyed or should i say let's be fair that their grandparents destroyed and their great-grandparents a hundred years ago that's who gets this wonderful property now Black people are not benefiting from gentrification. Same here in Alabama. Black people do not uh, benefit from gentrification. As anywhere in the world, we do not benefit from gentrification. Gentrification only helps white people. Oh, we've improved the neighborhood. We've stopped the violence in the neighborhood and, 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 and taken out the riffraff. If you're a black person, please hang on to your house if you're in one of these neighborhoods. Don't go to the loans. Don't go to the white banks for your loans. Go to the black banks for your loans. I'm just being real. 
because you won't have a chance in those banks because they're trying to put you out of your neighborhood, literally. And this is not all white people, so white people, please don't think I'm, t- I'm saying that's all white people because that's not true. Some of you are innocently moving into those neighborhoods because it's a nice place to live. You see the old homes that they've remodeled. You're moving into those apartments because you want to be closer to the city and you do want to be in a diverse neighborhood. Seriously, you want to be in a diverse neighborhood, but think about where you are, especially in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Think about where you are. That is property and land that belongs to black people that has been taken, literally taken by white mobs with guns who burn places down and kill people. And it has benefited their grandchildren. Whereas the other people who this land belonged to have suffered untold years. And they were silenced. The newspapers didn't bring this up. It was not even taught in history classes. In fact, Tulsa in, what was it, 2016, voted to not allow to, to teach this in schools. Because it's always already being taught in schools. Here it is. Me, a grown man who loves history, never heard of the Tulsa race riots until three years ago. A lot of black people have not heard about them until a few years ago. Apparently, there's been research on this since the 70s. Did not know that. And it's probably briefed over if it it is being taught in Oklahoma schools. In other words, it's probably like, oh yeah, by the way, the race massacre, da-da-da, this happened on this day, and and it was 39 people that killed. That's not even the truth. It was 300. They're still looking for those 300 bodies. But there were 300 people killed that day. 6,000 people were homeless. And here we are, 2021. The only thing that's remained, I believe, is a church and a few uh, buildings. That's the only thing that remains from that time. And the neighborhood's being gentrified by white people. Oklahoma has not decided, Oklahoma nor Tulsa has decided to compensate the families for what they lost because of this. They have not. They they still don't. They're still making a decision as to what to do. Apparently, looking at the situation, I would just give them the entire benefits of this. I say, hey, they need a check every month from those companies that are gentrifying that neighborhood. A check every month. That's what you would do for every black family in Greenwood. Or every black family that's been pushed out of Greenwood. That's what I would do. I would make sure they get a check every month from the benefits, from the profits of that company. They do it in Alaska. To the, from the oil companies, they get a, a, the people there get a check every month. The people of Greenwood deserve compensation for what the ancestors have done. I totally believe that. I I totally believe they deserve compensation for what the ancestors have done. This is one of those stories that, my God, it's repeated time and time again. There's a Wilmington, uh, South Carolina. The New York race riot. Chicago, Detroit, where people were blown up literally in buildings. The story of white rage. George Floyd. 
Trayvon Martin, Ahmaud Aubrey. It's a lot of it out there. It's so many stories. I mean, I don't know how else you could put this. It, it, it's white rage. Literally white rage. It's ridiculous how this world has kind of just shoved stuff like this under the rug until January 6th. And we realize white rage at its zenith. How awful and terrible it is. Now, white people are scared. White people are scared because there were people roaming the halls of the Capitol, literally wanting to hang senators and representatives and the vice president of the United States, by the way, who was a big support of Trump before all this happened. They wanted to hang him. They're roaming the hall. And the worst part about it is, of course, there are white people who want to cover it up and call it, oh, it was just people on a tour in the, in the Capitol building. It's just people on a tour in the Capitol building. Sounds familiar? Yeah, just like Tulsa. It is absolutely preponderous how these folks act and then cover it up. It's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I guess I'll end on that note. Jerome Granger of the Union Army issued General Order Number 3 in Galveston, Texas, freeing the enslaved people in Texas. Previously, President Lincoln in 1865 declared the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed all enslaved people in the Confederate States. Slavery in June 19, 1865 was still legal in Kentucky and Delaware, two states who did not leave the Union. Missouri, Maryland, West Virginia had previously outlawed it. Slavery, slavery officially ended when Georgia became the 27th state to ratify the 13th Amendment outlawing slavery in the United States. Indian nations who held slaves did not free their enslaved individuals till the following year. Juneteenth has been the traditional celebrated date of ending of the slavery in the United States. However, it had not been an official holiday in the nation. Over the past several decades, one state after another would recognize Juneteenth as a holiday. Finally, President Biden signed into law on June 17, 2021, a law making Juneteenth an official holiday. Wow, we got to that point, right? Awesome. We've, you know... I feel I can tell you how I feel about this. Um, it's awesome. It's great. I'm glad that it is officially a holiday in the United States. That's great. But there's more to the story. And let me tell you about the background on the whole voting thing first. And then we'll get to uh, some issues I do have with the Juneteenth celebration. Okay. So. Here's the other issue that comes with it. Uh. 
The bill originally passed unanimously in the Senate and with a majority of votes in the House. Keyword majority of votes in the House. 14 House Republicans voted against the bill. Some of these congressmen, Tom Massey, Ronnie Jackson, Mo Brooks, Andy Riggs, uh, Scott DeJornis, sorry, I can't pronounce that name too well, Tom Tiffany, Doug LaMoffa, Mike Rogers, Ralph Norman, Chip Roy, Paul Goldman, Tom McClinic, Matt Rosendale, and Andrew Clyde all came from uh, slave states. Then there were a few others who came from other places you wouldn't expect, you know, like California, Arizona, Wisconsin, uh, those states. Now, let me tell you who stands out here. First, let's start with Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks is running for Senate in Alabama to replace um, one of our senators that is leaving uh, office this year. And he's also controversial in that he has also been placed at, as a supporter and a speaker at the June 6th event of this year where rioters stormed the Capitol. So yes, he is an issue. And another one's John Rogers from Alabama. Uh, I don't expect much from people like the candidates from the South. Of course, these are only 14. There are other senators from the South who voted for the bill because they didn't see anything wrong with the bill. Let me tell you what some of the stuff they said was wrong with the bill. First of all, one of them stated that we don't need, or several of them actually stated that we don't need another holiday. They don't see the significance of making this a holiday and they don't, because they're all for uh, a unity in this country and they don't see color. The old racist trope that people use all the time. And the other one, well, here's their argument. It kind of was a better argument, but it was just as bad. It says they're not opposed to it being a holiday, but they're opposed to it being called Independence Day. Because they say it confuses people. It makes people either celebrate June, June 19th or July 4th. Now, for me, that means I get to celebrate two holidays. That's what that means for me. That's all that says to me. I get two holidays to celebrate. I don't don't even know what they're talking about, but that's what he said. One even said that it should be called the Emancipation Day. He said he has no problem with the holiday. Now, here's the worst part. Mr. Ron Johnson, who is one of these folks who doesn't support the name and voted against it, had the wonderful idea that he's going to show up for a Juneteenth celebration. And he ceremoniously got booed when he did. And he, he left, of course. He got booed out. Basically, it's like, boo, 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 leave. You, you voted against us. I don't even know why you're here. Get out. Okay? Bye. And one thing I didn't include in the statement I just read was the fact that Juneteenth was, has been, been celebrated in Texas since the conception of this day course there's something to celebrate for people who have been enslaved who have been captured held in captivity basically kidnapped um for 400 years that is the day for people to celebrate now here's the other issue because there's a few people out there talking about this we gotta remember slavery really did not end until december of that year as i said in the statement when the 13th Amendment was ratified. And there's some issues with the 13th Amendment. Of course, the fact that if you're considered a criminal, you could lose that right to be a part of a 
to be a, a free person. And then, so when you lose that freedom, that means you're a slave of the state. That too is an issue now, especially with the growth of private prisons around the United States. In fact, Alabama has a, uh, uh, our governor is trying to um, update our prisons as opposed to updating our schools. Um, she is, in fact, trying to decide how to maneuver because her bill is voted against to um, create more prisons in the state of Alabama, a state that is like 47th in education in the United States. Uh, we're building more prisons than we are schools. Um, you know, if unemployment rate around the state is at 60%, 16%, not 60%, 16%, and um, medium income is $50,000 a year, we got more of a problem in other areas, you know. So well, we're doing great. We're doing great. So I can tell you this. Let me give you an example of Alabama, some of the issues I have there. And then we'll move on to the issue I have with Juneteenth. Okay. So like I said, we're building a prison complex. It was several years ago. There was a Russell plant here, uh, Russell athletic plant here, uh, textile plant. The people there lost their jobs because the prisoners at the private prison were being loaned out to do the job. And it turned out that they did it more efficiently at a cheaper price, right? So, because you weren't paying the prisoners what you were paying the people at the Russell plant. So, the build, what they were doing was they they made uniforms for the uh, military, for uh, the National Guard in the state of Alabama. Excuse me. So with these uniforms they were making, uh, these were employing people in the state, was giving them. So all those people lost their jobs so that the prison prison industrial complex that we have here in Alabama could put those those, uh, prisoners to work in exchange for money from the private prisons. Think about that. Think about what they did there. Okay. They put those prisoners to work in place of people who were working regularly. So you can just imagine what happens when people come unemployed to them, their kids, everything. So when you add people to the unemployment roles, there's a chance that crime increases. Therefore, they will end up in those prisons and working for those people at a free price, right? Yet our government, instead of investing more money in education, wants to take COVID-19 money and invest it in building these prisons because she couldn't get it through in her state budget. It didn't pass. Her prisons didn't pass. Her prison resolution didn't pass. It would be money given to private institutions to build prisons in the state, and it didn't pass, which was a good thing. I am so glad it didn't pass. Okay, that's way off the subject of Juneteenth. Okay, here's my issue. In the United States, I have a huge problem with what we think we're doing with Juneteenth. Liberals and conservative white people think, if I pass Juneteenth, it'll satisfy white black people and show that I'm kumbaya, I'm with you. It shows me none of this, by the way. If you really want to help black people, which is the problem with what's going on now, it's hard for you to get HR1 and HR4 passed. I talked about Joe Manchin earlier as being an issue. It's harder for us to get HR1 and HR4 passed in the United States. Why? 
because it actually has teeth. Juneteenth is just a day. I give you a day off. It has no other teeth than it's a day off. Sure, it feels good, quote unquote, but it does nothing to increase the value or help the black community in any kind of way. However, voting rights does. Passing a $15 minimum wage does. Even uh, forgiving student loan debt does. Those things can help the black people economically. Like I said, I just talked about depressed neighborhoods where in America and Alabama. Let me give you two examples. Hoover, Alabama, majority white community. Yes, there are black people that live there before anybody says anything. A majority white community that makes $89,000 per family. That's the average in that community. Unemployment rate is 2.3%. Right across the hill, north of there, in Birmingham, downtown Birmingham, the average income is around $30,000 a year. Unemployment is at 16%. Crime rates are low in Hoover. Crime rates are high in Birmingham. Let me explain that again. Crime rates are low in Hoover. Crime rates are high in Birmingham. Don't you think if your unemployment rate is 2.3%, there's not very much crime in that neighborhood because people are getting making money. Your income is $89,000. Then, of course, they will compare those two together. This is how Republicans do it. Said these people over here are just lazy. 16% of them are not working. And they're, all they want to do is sell drugs and this. That's how they look at it. That's not true. It's not how that works. Of course, among those 89000 I'm sure there's several people who have college degrees, they're small business owners, so on and so forth. Whereas on the other side, these are the folks that work at their businesses and who serve them in their communities and in their restaurants that live in the other community. And they don't see that disparity. So when we're talking about what you can really do that makes Juneteenth uh, more important, let's pass things like the $15 minimum wage. Let's forgive student loan debt. Because black people have a tendency to be at 90%. At a 90% rate at the age of 40, people still owe 90% of the money they owe on their uh, on their um, student loan debt. And that's not good. Sure, some of that comes from education and understanding, but also comes from pay and income. They're not getting the same pay and income, income as they should. Um, let's pay HR1 and HR4 where we can make sure that voting laws are equal across the board. Because it's not just Democrats, it's also Republicans that have problems up north and places like that. It's This bill, would make, these two bills would justify and fix some of the issues that the other, the other bills in the past have had. And we need to add one more thing to that H.R. 1 bill. Uh, we got to make it where one party cannot cannot overturn an election. We have to do everything we can. That's all we got to do is add a clause in there that says that. Or we can just add an amendment to the Constitution that said that no person may abridge or amend the right of every citizen of the United States to vote regardless of race, color, creed, sexual orientation. That's all you have to do. You can make that very simple. That's all you have to do. Any person that is a citizen of the United States, race, color, creed, religious uh, doctrine, um, orientation, sexual orientation, any of those things, you have no right to abridge that. You can do that as well. But here's my thing. Like I said, I love Juneteenth. I will celebrate Juneteenth. Um, But we also got to remember, slavery did not end until December of that year. And then 
there were still slaves in Indian territory until the following year. That's just, just, just a fact. Those are facts in the case. Um, but we will celebrate Juneteenth happily. We will celebrate with the culture, with the music, with the food. That's what we do here in America. We are those type of people. We celebrate our holidays. We celebrate just, just being American and free. Free to be a free people in a land for 400 years where we weren't. Where for 80 plus years of the country's existence, black men were not free. Even though many of them, some of them, their their, their grandparents had fought in the, in the Revolutionary War. And then it took another hundred years of Jim Crow. We went through all of that until the 60s before the voting rights bill came along, before uh, the ending of segregation in the United States. So freedom, you know, celebrating Juneteenth has a lot to it, a lot of elements to it. But what would really help black people is not what this bill is about. This bill is about trying to satisfy an issue because it's just as bad as Nancy Pelosi putting on uh a kente cloth and taking a knee. Okay? You're going to hear me say this several times. She put on a kente cloth and took a knee. It's only symbolic. It, it, it That's all it is. It's another symbol. I'll thank you for the day off. But please pass serious legislation. HR1, HR4. Let's uh, uh, cancel student loan debt. Let's pass a $15 minimum wage. Those are minimum things you can do in this country to fix the economy. I'm not asking for big things. I mean, if you want to pass the health care legislation and make Medicare for all exist, great, that would help too. But this is a beginning. This is where we have to start. And our opposition is obvious. Look at that. 14 senators voted against Juneteenth. Uh, just imagine how many more senators, uh, I mean, it's not senators, but our House of Representative members uh, voted against that. Just imagine the opposition is like 50% of the Congress right now, as opposed to H.R. 1 H.R. 4. It was easy for him to pass Juneteenth. Oh, yeah, I'm showing you. I'm, I'm solidarity with black people. I will give you a holiday that means absolutely nothing as far as your rights and powers in the United States. It's just giving you a holiday. That's all. You can continue to work at, your, at our restaurants. You can continue to build our houses. You can continue to be our electricians. But we will not pass bills like H.R. 1 and H.R. 4 that makes voting rights equal. We will not pass minimum wage, which gives you a higher wage. We can't do that. We cannot give you another step up. Just can't do that. That's where we need to change our mindset. And today... We got a long way to go. Hey, that's all for this week's episode of Thought You Were Woke. No Speed Limit Podcast. Please remember to like and share. 